morning. Welcome to Juice in the Morning. We uh, had a good night last night doing the Smugcast podcast, so Smugcast podcast, I guess that's a little uh, redundant, but uh, with me today, as usual, is Shane. How are you doing today, man? Good, man. You feeling a little tension in the room? No tension. No (laughs) tension here, my friend. (laughs) All right, and today we have with me... Since the uh, 50th episode, this is mom's second appearance. Or did you did you do more than one? I think you did, too. This I is think, your third yep, episode. This is number three. So my Almost mom, Robin, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Your voice sounds good on there. All right. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and then also with us today from the Blonde on Brunette YouTube channel, Jess Hooker. And I forgot to mention on the last podcast, you are doing a podcast as well. I am. I'm doing Not Terrible with Jess Hooker. And it's actually... Um, not terrible. It's not terrible. <laughs> yeah, regardless of the of of the shit show going on in my life right now, I try to find some kind of silver lining and it's actually not terrible. So that's the premise is I'm just kind of sorting out my own life and uh I'm I'm being very transparent and honest in the struggles right now and um and I'm also sharing other people's stories and yeah. and so and, yeah. And when listening to it it's like it's really it's one of those things like a lot of podcasts, you know, they want to turn it up to like your personality to 10, basically. Mm-hmm. And like you want to be almost like a character. I've done the but, opposite. But, with that, that, like, <laughs> yeah. but that's so deep. And like, it's really yeah. it's one of those things that like I when I go to li- listen to it, I'm like, I got to take time to like sit down and actually listen to this. I can't just mm-hmm. listen to this on my drive to work. Right. Because this is something I want to hear. It's just it it's really good. I like. I it. appreciate that. I appreciate that because I've uh, I got my start in terrestrial radio and uh, and I did the Chick McGee show podcast for the last five years. Um, I do Blonde on Burnett, which is actually just a drunk shit show. <laughs> so um, this is actually like a stream of consciousness type podcast um, where I just kind of share what I'm experiencing and what's going on. Probably nice for you to know that you're not the only one going through those things as well as other people that are listening or you're going through it. So they're able to kind of resonate. Very possible. Yeah. And it's and it's interesting, too. I don't try to be too specific in my struggles, but I've had a lot of people come back and go, oh, my gosh, this I identify with this because. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for that because I don't want to go, hey, this is why my life's falling apart. You know, (laughs) but I try to just be like, hey, this is what I'm experiencing. And um and I try not to do a lot of show prep for this, mm-hmm. mostly because I'm lazy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, I, I just because I feel like it's a little more authentic and that's the avenue I want to take right now. I want less production value and more just um, sincere and honest. It's and impressive to hear that you don't have notes because I like, don't. Because yeah. I, when I did that, I still get made fun of because my very first podcast I like was just like. This is Juice in the Morning. This is a podcast that uh, I've been doing for... I think it was solely based <laughs> on the monotone of yeah. your voice. Like, I don't think it was anything. It didn't have anything with your notes. Which was weird because that's not you yeah. at all. Yeah, I think he was just... I like, was nervous. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. what to say. I, I've told this before. It was like Ricky Bobby. Like I didn't. I felt like I didn't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> and I just was like, I don't know what to even talk about. Well, sure. Honestly, dude, you were by yourself and you were working out some kinks. and yep. like and That's not easy to do any... like to do a, To be able to talk into a microphone by yourself and carry on like that 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 conversation like between your head and your mouth i know that sounds silly but if you've talked into a microphone alone you know what i'm talking about from here to here that's a that's a legit conversation you think you have all these great ideas and you just you can't get them out of your mouth (laughs) well it's like the whole started from the bottom now i mean like i don't really like that quote very much but it kind of when it applies it applies and you get it yeah and and you did this in the beginning by yourself and then like look now where we are yeah and it's it's so much it's so much more i feel 
when I look back on things, I'm like, man, this is like so much more than what I thought it was going to be. Like mm. I've, I've invested more than I thought I was We're going only, to right. only going up from here. Yeah. Um, but today I brought you guys on because, um, Shane is a parent. You're a parent, you're a parent. Jen and I want to be parents eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it would just, I was really excited about this because my mom, you know, you had me and then 15 years later you had my little brother and sister. So I think you have a very interesting perspective. And then Jess has a very interesting perspective with her children as mm-hmm. well. How many do you have? And I have, ages? uh, yeah, my, um, I, you and I identify a lot. We realized like you said, I've listened to you and I feel like I identify with you and where mm-hmm. you grew up and all these things. And then I found out that you're the oldest and there's a 15 year age gap yeah. and I'm the oldest and there's a 15 year age gap, but there's also a couple in between yeah. too. But, um, uh, my son is, uh, 14 years old and my daughter is 12 years old. And, yeah. and before I like go any further, your son's doing a podcast as well, isn't he? Yeah. My son has a podcast That's called, awesome. called don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and he, like he, we were, we were brainstorming about names and he said, mom, I feel like you inspired me to do this. And every time you leave the house, you say, don't be a dick. <laughs> and uh, he I said, so it. I feel like that's appropriate. So he is, he's, he's actually, um, but as you can imagine, like school and sports yeah. and other things get in the way. For so sure. he's, he said he's really going to concentrate on it more this summer. Yeah. But yeah, it's that's a, awesome. it's a great premise. And I can't imagine like, could you imagine sharing growing up? Like well, I was just gonna having say those conversations. How cool it would be when I, I was thinking about applying this to when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and how you always have your friends over, and you have mm-hmm. like the you know you could you could be like, hey, you want to come over after school today and do this podcast yeah. with me, and you have all these different people that you could kind of like shoot the shit with, and it could even be like a mm-hmm. a popular thing at your school, like oh, you're the, the kid that does the podcast, exactly, or and that's what's happened. And there, he's like, everybody keeps asking to be on the podcast, and I was like, you never turn down a guest, no. like even if you think they're terrible, you're gonna learn something from that experience, and you need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think it's super cool. Like, yeah. it's weird to live in a world because, like, it, you think about me and you in high school, that this would never would have been a thing. Right. And it's just kind of a cool outlet. Isn't that nuts that it's a complete medium that never even existed yeah. before? And, yeah. and what I wanted to do, like, in high school was, like, I wanted to be on the radio or something. Like, I, I mean, boat, yeah. I grew up listening to the Bob and Tom Well, when show. I was 13, my dad, I I begged for a video camera. Yeah, you <laughs> begged. Yeah. And me, and I, like, Jackass and all that stuff was oh, super popular. Yeah. So me and my buddy Mark... And a couple of some other people would do like little stop motion things with action figures. That takes so long. <laughs> I've but done that so before. Funny. If you do it right, it's hilarious. We did right. like Legos and they're like doing the robot and stuff. <laughs> and then we did like little stunts and like the robot's but, probably but the still, easiest one to do. It was, too, yeah. it? <laughs> but I, we have all these videos and it just like that was our medium when we were kids. And like I'd have like buddies over and we'd like rewatch the ones we made and like make new ones. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, that was just fun at the time. Yeah. And, and Shane also, I feel like, has an interesting perspective on the parenting side of things because you're a new you're like kind of a newer newer dad well i feel like i've been a dad for a while but <laughs> i don't know maybe that's just the stress of yeah. it and and so do you just have one child i'm just saying this for the listeners because <laughs> i know uh as far as i know i have the one um yeah her name is uh june yep. and she's a, a three-year-old what's she's her name june and june june that's harper and she's oh, hilarious wonderful. she's one of the her funniest last name is, kids. My, my last name is jones so it's june jones oh that's yeah. great like junie b yeah, I get. We, did you know yeah, about that? I did. I did. I found out real quick. <laughs> I yeah, got a but that's June Bug. We called her Bug for a Aww. long time, and now she goes, "I'm not a bug. Aww. I'm June." So, yeah, we have. We call ours is Addy Bug, so we yeah. have an Addy Bug too. Yeah, it's, it's always like bear or bug uh-huh. or yeah. 
But yeah, June is hilarious. She's a tiny individual, but she has a lot of personality. She does have a lot of personality. She's she's just she's awesome. But um, so the the first thing that I wanted to ask you was, um, how do you feel like it, it is different raising? You know, oh, I didn't ask you. Go ahead and um, give give the kids that you have. Besides me. (laughs) Well, I have 15-year-old twins, and I am so excited now that I can tell them that somebody else tells their kids not to be dicks. Yes. Because mine are always like, nobody else ever talks to their kids that way. (laughs) I don't think it'd be appropriate for me to tell my daughter, don't be a kid. (laughs) You can tell her, don't be an asshole. I do that, too. Yeah, I was going to say, but you'd be surprised at how much like a toddler girl can be a dick. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to figure that one out. Shane's seen it firsthand. (laughs) We we call it... we kind of PG and call it sassy right now. <laughs> that makes sense. I'm that sure it's going to transform and uh, you're kind of being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, I have you. Yeah. And you are, you know, going to be 31, which is crazy. I know oh, I wow. don't say that on air, but it's true. <laughs> no. Um, so and that's what like uh, the very first thing I wanted to talk about when I, th- I thought of this driving in my car like usual. I've told this on the podcast before. I'll think of something and I'll put it in my phone as like a note. Mm-hmm. And then I then I kind of like flesh out the idea. And my first thought was like, you know, I want to hear what you think about what it was like raising me, you know, 15 years ago or 30 years ago as a, opposed to raising the kids now. Since since the advancement in technology, what we've already talked about with like doing the podcast and be able to like mm-hmm. access stuff so easily, you know, is there a huge difference or is it kind of uh, similar? It's a huge difference, um, you know, and I think that you know, just I could talk for hours because a lot of the things you guys have touched on have hit me recently with the creativity, the outlets that kids have, um, social media, and that kind of thing. I think kind of boxes kids in it can box kids in but then it can really open things up too and um you know your brother Giancarlo has some friends that do short movies and um I know he has friends that do podcasts and do the gaming streaming stuff that that they do yeah Mm -hmm. um and then you know even aside from that I've been you know your sister did that drawing that I put on Facebook the other day that amazed me yeah I mean (laughs) she pushed me to buy those art supplies I'm like I'm going to go spend $20 and she's going to get pissed and she's going to draw stick people and then I'm going to be really <laughs> mad. And she cracked out this amazing drawing that, I mean, it just blew me away. And then when I posted it, a lot of my friends started posting pictures that their kids were doing. And it was really strange to me. I thought, you know, I don't, I, either they, they, I wasn't. They want to get some of that, that spotlight. Well, not only <laughs> that, but I think that there is so much untapped and I think that the immediacy of being able to do a podcast or, you know, put these YouTube videos out and stuff. It's so different now for kids. They can, they have an outlet to, to put things out there mm-hmm. and it can be good and bad. Yeah. It's almost so, like it's your job to point them in the right direction when it comes to social media and stuff. And I think it's our job to catch the fuck up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't even know well, what's happening. I would, I would just say as a parent, I'm relatively caught up. I feel like you I'm, are not me, but I, but I would just say that like, well, I think what, like along the lines of what you're saying is like social media can be used as a very positive mm-hmm. thing. As long as you're um, pointing your, like, it's easy for them to go the wrong way when it comes to social media. But if you make sure and give them direction Mm -hmm. and you can really, it can really open up some like, um, 
really cool avenues when it comes to being artistic, you know, artistic mm-hmm. and all kinds of different things. So and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because that's sure. the thing. Because they're seeing, they see weird stuff. Oh yeah, so and true. So you so know, true. the opportunity to talk about it. I think if you just let them get lost in it, mm-hmm. then they're judging themselves against things mm-hmm. that they feel like they can't measure up to. Mm-hmm. But if you use it as an opportunity to talk about what they're seeing and what's out there, and because I literally am clueless, I don't yeah. know. I I don't put limits on stuff that I should. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. Well, people who are listening to me out there uh, but <laughs> it's crazy the things you see on i mean imagine a kid uh scrolling through their facebook feed you know seeing people being videos of people being robbed and killed and like mm-hmm. i've seen some really um, graphic things just on my facebook feed so mm-hmm. i can imagine if a kid was going through that there's not i don't know is there a way to to limit what they see through their facebook feed or? i don't know there's a way to limit um i just i think it's called it might be called safe eyes or something i don't know something eyes mm-hmm. but it's uh it basically and i haven't used it yet but it was it was suggested to me that all i have to do is tell my kids like hey every day i get a report of every site you visited like yeah and i that's my thing is that i don't ever want to like remove like free will yeah i just want to teach you to be able to limit yourself and to know the boundaries and know that things like you can go into a rabbit hole and you're going to see things that you're never going to undo i definitely think there's um something to be said about over yeah doing it and being too yeah like no, I shut it down, the, and you can't are you see talk any of the it. Black Mirror. <laughs> That's exactly. What I, was <laughs> I just I was read like, your mind. I was, like, I was like, dude, this sounds exactly like Safe Eyes. Sounds exactly like a Black Mirror episode. A black this black. Yeah, my mirror son episode. watches this. Okay, so this Black Mirror episode, um, parents have the ability to um, oh, he told shut, me about this shut one. off. Like if kids see yes. anything that's like stressing them out, it so blurs she gets it out like to an where implant you can't in see her it. eyes. Yeah. And basically, this lady has like what would be like this, mm-hmm. and she can see what her daughter's seeing, mm-hmm. and she can also. So edit it if yeah. something's bad like um this dog was barking at her her whole life while she walked by and the dog was just a blur because so it was then, like and then it wasn't barking so like she wasn't scared of it like anymore because the first time she passed by it she actually saw it and, and it freaked her out which someone, is an interesting idea because yeah. i think that kids today are under so much more stress than mm-hmm. any of well, that's us what, ever and, were and, and that's what but that led to what i was thinking about this situation is like what. Well, I was talking to them before you got here. I don't, and I know that you did parent me. Like I know you were a parent, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like it's gonna get real. I, isn't but it? I don't, I don't remember. Like I don't, I'm, like I don't think of things that were specific that I was like this molded me. Like that you did, and I don't like, and that's because I lived it. You're the parent, so like, what is the difference in that? Like with raising me back then, like what was some of the. The, what was the struggles or like the stresses at the time? Like what was the things that I think maybe I was worried about, but I don't think that I don't think about it anymore. I think because with you, I was a young parent and, um, I was, you were just like this amazing, just ball of potential. And I was terrified that everything that you did, every choice that you made, or if you made a bad choice, that it was all just going to be terrible. It was going to just ruin your life. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I was always trying to keep you from making bad decisions. And, um, you know, but really, it's an endurance race. It's not a sprint with kids. And um, learning the lesson that, your hit like it's so frustrating as a parent that your history and things that you have been through 
mean nothing to your kids. Like (laughs) you want to try to impart that wisdom to them. They don't believe you've ever, you know, I can remember (laughs) that you, when you told me, um, I don't even remember you were a teenager. I actually remember this. You were like, you know what? You just don't understand because you've always done the right thing. Mm -hmm. You always were perfect. And I'm like, I had you when I was just turned 18. Mm -hmm. I was pregnant my senior year in high school. So (laughs) probably I did some things that weren't okay. But, um, you know, but to you, I mean, you just had me on this pedestal as your parent. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was hard to really you know, get in there and, and convince you that I had any kind of street I definitely credit at all. I think it takes time because I didn't appreciate what my parents have done for me until I was probably like 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I started really realizing that like, man, they've been, they've really guided me through a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And like, I wouldn't be the person that I am today without them. But when you're a kid and stuff, you're just like, uh, you know, I know like you just think, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think now a days with children that with the access to all the social media and everything like that, that we don't, that they don't, and I keep acting like I feel like I'm an old man, but they don't look up to their parents as like, man, these people are like, cause I, I thought like everybody that was an adult in my family, I was like, they're just the best at everything. Like they're, they're like my uncle Kevin and aunt Laura. Like I was like, they're, they're the coolest, the I want to be them when I grow up. And I think kids still do that. I do too. And I, but I think that they're from what, at least from talking to your brother and sister, they're afraid they can't achieve it. Okay. You know, they're hearing the negativity and the media and, and watching the news and everything. And they see the people in their family that are high achieving. And they think that it seems like an impossible task to get mm. there. So I, I think that they still have a lot of the same feelings but um, at least what I see with them is they're just afraid and, and uncertain how to how to make it happen. Do you think that that's because the um, the conversation between family has kind of decreased a little bit? Like in those moments, I know that I grew up with an aunt and uncle that I aspired to be like as as spouses. Mm-hmm. I remember that, and I spent a lot of time with them just because they didn't have children till later on in life, and so they they really embraced their nieces and their nephews. So I wonder if kids, because also these devices stop conversations. They don't Mm -hmm. start conversations anymore. And I feel like if they engage those family members that they aspire to be, that it would be it would it would be more attainable that they would go. Oh, no, listen, you know, I I remember when, uh, you know, I got two D's on my report card in the eighth grade and my parents beat the holy hell out of me. You know, like (laughs) like no, like just more things like I just feel like these are. I, I I tell my kids, these are your spirit stealers. Like, put them away. Put yeah. them in the box because I feel like you, A, you act like a giant asshole when you've been staring at that screen too long. Yep. And B, I don't get to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my problem with devices is that I really, I miss out on that conversation and getting to know you each day or even the things that have happened to you at school. My twins do not, I don't know what the deal they, is. They don't mess with phones they don't that's awesome my daughter doesn't like to be on her phone that's awesome i don't really know how that happened because it wasn't Mm -hmm. really on purpose yeah yeah. but um neither of them really spend that much time on it and we do talk yeah a lot yeah i think it's a lot of what's going on in the world right now i think they talk to you more than i did I don't know. You and I had a lot of car conversations. I'm just saying like you when, when I got to their Yeah, age. there was a lot. Like I would try to talk to you about important things and we'd get to a certain point and you'd be like, okay, that's good. We're good. I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I will ask you that's if I need funny. any more information. 
Um, <laughs> we have devices I keep in uh, I keep in a safe space through the week. So yeah. you mm-hmm. get you get devices on the weekends, and that's it. I've I've had to in just my own personal life with Jen. Like we'll we'll be sitting there watching TV, mm-hmm. and we'll have like two or three hours go by, and we never looked up from our phones, and like mm. didn't even talk to each other. And it's yeah. like I've had to like tell Jen, and I've told myself like. I'm turning it off and I'm putting it in my bedroom. Nicole and I get and, in arguments where it's like, mm-hmm. you've been on your phone. And you're like, what about when you were on your phone? Uh-huh. Like, we're just arguing about <laughs> both of us were on our phone. Uh-huh. And then it's like, gets to the point where it's like, well, you were on it longer. And I'm like, well, let's stop this. Both put our phones down. We're both equally as bad. And let's just hang out. Because so, we get to the point where like some days, like I don't have any desire to be on my phone. I do like the, like I read my phone, like, like a paper, like in the morning, like yeah, someone would read right. the paper. Yeah. I go through just my stuff. Scroll. Yeah. And then I'm done for the day for most of the day. That's I put, good. And then at night, I, right before I go to bed, I do it again. Sure. That's kind of how I do it. But she's more I can of tell because like he never really texts me back very quickly. It's always, yeah. a, it's always a wait. I'm also well, a very busy people, person. People <laughs> expect like an immediate response oh, from you. Yeah. That's one thing I I'm see I'm a terrible person and I do. That's a, bo- that's a very bothersome thing because I heard someone say once like, no, no, no. This is a convenience for me. It's yeah. not a convenience for exactly. you in that's my life. Point. Like you don't get that. Well, and what about the people that are like, I know you read it and well, you didn't answer what, back think, i'm like whoa i think that's what, <laughs> what he's talking about is like a lot of times i'll read his message mm-hmm. and then i'll like oh, i'm very like, bad at forgetting and like, then i put it in my bed. i'm always either i'm in class mm-hmm. you know at home doing some kind of thing or driving or at work serving and all, a lot of those situations i'm not able but i and then it gives me a chance to think about what you said a lot a lot of time you're bouncing information off of yeah. me right. and it gives me a chance to like think about where you're coming from instead of just like because I am busy so I don't want to be like yeah that sounds good let's do it and then yeah. like so it gives me time to read it no, think about and it I, and then come back that's, to it that's something I appreciate because I am the opposite like I'm the like I'm the first person to like respond and not Knee think jerk. about what I said yeah. And then, then like I, I'll have agreed to something that <laughs> I don't. This happens all the time with Jen and I. Well, she'll ask me something in just in person, and I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds good." Oh. And then, and then completely forget about mm-hmm. it. And then, like two weeks later, hey, we're doing this right, and I'm like, "Yeah, ah." Nicole's like, "I have cards on Thursday night." Uh, two weeks later, she's like, "I gotta go to cards," and I'm like. Babe, why would you not tell me? <laughs> I told you, and you didn't we're, listen. We're bad what, what is your girlfriend saying? Let me scroll back. Nicole. Nicole? Yeah. I have cards on Thursday. I was like, is she in my card club? And it's I don't not, know uh, it. No. It's a uh, euchre. Yeah. Well, no, we always say we play cards, but we end up just, just eating kidding. and gossiping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does nothing to do with cards So what I think is interesting, though, is like all the different, because like you're kind of getting me thinking about how I'm going to tackle this when I get, she's not, because I'm in a place where I don't have to worry about any of that stuff Mm -hmm. yet. And my favorite thing that people say, this is a sarcastic, is that people are always like, oh man, you're in trouble. Yeah. Because she's, I, (laughs) thank you. I do have, I do have a cute little girl and she does. And like, everyone's just like, she's a girl, she's pretty. And you just have to worry about all this stuff. I was like, she's like, when are you going to start worrying about that? I'm like, when she turns, when she starts asking about boys and Mm -hmm. all, I don't don't know how to cross that bridge when you come to it. Pretty much. But I don't want to even think about it until Mm -hmm. I get there because it's like stressing me out already. And maintain her innocence. Like you don't have to push that. Yeah, exactly. And what I'm kind of focusing on now as a parent is just keeping her away from like negative stuff i feel mm-hmm. like that's a full-time like when we're out and about and she's like you know we we walked out of target the other day and this lady was obviously like a homeless person or something and she was shouting mm-hmm. and like like just saying the f word and yelling all this stuff i immediately grabbed her picked her up and like walked pretty mm-hmm. fast to the car but there's just a lot of like kind of weird craziness going out there i get this like 
feeling I never had before when I was single and didn't have any kids and stuff is like I get this eerie feeling of like mm-hmm. all this like I have to protect her. You have a mission. Yes, yeah. I have to protect her <laughs> from negativity. I even have bad dreams about oh, like things. You know, what I mean, I go to sleep at night thinking like, you know, what if this happens? What if yeah. that happens? And like, she's just so tiny and innocent. It all it takes is you hear all this stuff on the news about. Yeah, it takes one second for someone to do something that could change her for yeah. the rest of her life. So exactly, I. Um, but you can't be afraid of uh, of you know because that's and I'm sorry I'm interrupting. No, go ahead. But no, go. Something I've been telling my daughter recently is. That And I feel like I'm different with the younger two than I was with you. And it goes back to the being afraid of them making mistakes is they're going to do stuff. You know, they're going to do stupid things. And you expect you want them to do that when they're in a safe time in their life where it's not going to, you know, and you're obviously got a younger one. But, you know, they need to to, they need to fail. Well, I've kind of decided that my plan is to instill the right information in her, mm-hmm. give her good morals and a strong moral grounding mm-hmm. and let her make decisions on her own and just kind of be some, be there mm-hmm. to like, you know, catch her when she falls and kind of stuff like that, but not be the person that, cause I've seen that blow up in people, parents face so many times when they're like the helicopter parent. Yeah, yeah. You're going to your room and you're not going to do this. And, you're, and, and when I was a kid, it kind of happened with me. My mom would like ground me all the time and I would mm-hmm. find ways to go out and do what I wanted anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, kind of one of those things i know this sounds it's kind of a double-edged sword but it's um like the spanking thing that's still a big thing and i know i was i was spanked i was spanked as a kid my brother was spanked as a kid i'm pretty sure my siblings that are 11 and 15 years younger they weren't spanked well we did we did it and i and then it got to the point where she just wasn't it wasn't it didn't work it wasn't helpful and that's that was the experience with both my kids and i took it as they are individual people and it might work with one and not the other it literally did not work with either no. of them. So I would sit down and I would look them in the eye and I would and we would have a conversation at whatever age level they were. We would have a conversation and I would say, why did you do like what? However, it came about like I value what you think and your opinion. And that's another thing. Like so I, I know growing up for me, my parents were my my mother was 16 and my father was 20 when they got pregnant with me. They were they were they were children themselves. And 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 that um like i feel like we grew up together kind well, of we did yeah, yeah like there are those <laughs> that is it's true like you grew up together um and and i just remember not feeling like i had a voice as a mm-hmm. child and i always wanted my kids i wanted to go i value you and your opinion even if i think that it's wrong you know i'm still <laughs> going to listen to you because it's it's how you feel in this moment and whatever it was that happened to me as a kid and in those in those experiences in those situations i just i never felt like my voice was valid yeah and that was so important to me and i also remember being a little girl i had long beautiful dark hair and and i would um and i was a hula dancer and Mm -hmm. they would hire us to go around town and do these different events to be a hula dancer like I said, I'm Italian, I but I looked Pacific American, <laughs> so they did. I did these things, and so people would come up to me all the time and say, "You're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful," and my father would just like be very proud that I was beautiful. And I remember, okay, so my value lies in how I look. Yeah. Well, here I am, 36 years later, and I'm in therapy, going, "Oh, wait, you mean my weight and how long my hair is and whether I have makeup on? That doesn't define me." Like, so I'm just saying, so I have two little nieces that are babies now. And instead of going, you're so pretty, I go, you're so smart. You're so smart. Like, that's the first thing that I say, because it's here. I like almost 40 years old. 
and I'm still dealing with those things. And it wasn't the fault of my parents. Like it wasn't purposeful. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I love being in front of people. Mm -hmm. I loved dancing and I still do. But there's these little, there's these conversations and these little things that kind of, that, that, that don't quite filter through Mm -hmm. that end up being, that end up being that ugly voice in the back of your head going, you're not good enough because you don't look like this or you didn't do this or you didn't accomplish this or, you know, and, and that's the goal is for my children to know their self worth. And, and, and that actually, when you say the conversations, that leads me to like one of the things I wanted to ask is like, what is, have you had to have any uncomfortable conversations with your kids yet? I know Shane, you probably really haven't had to deal with that all that much. Not really. It's mostly having uncomfortable conversations with people in public. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Telling them like, yeah, I don't know. Like I just people get a little too comfortable with like the touch like, you know. It's like a nine you man. It's a ninety year old woman like, and mm-hmm. she'll be like Oh, you're so adorable and I'm like, gotta go. Like please mm-hmm. yeah, and I'll and I and, and this is why he's talking about why he loves me, because I'll tell her to stop. <laughs> I'll don't like, touch my child. I, I go, Hey, I'd appreciate it if you didn't do that and they're like they look at me like I'm crazy, but I, yeah. I don't care. Don't, exactly. don't you don't do know it. me or my daughter, and I don't care if you're a nice, sweet little. Don't touch my daughter. I like, <laughs> and it's and I I'm very like way more observant now. Like I watch people, and I always sit. You know, I'm maybe a little paranoid. <laughs> I think so, but I sit. You know, facing the door so I can see everything because just people are weird, man. You don't know who someone is behind a closed door. Mm-hmm. They can be the nicest person in the world. That doesn't, as soon as that door closes behind them, you know, they turn into another person. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, what I'm struggling with right now is just making sure that I make decisions for my daughter that are going to keep her safe. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much I don't I haven't hit the part where I have to, like, lock phones and ground people and mm-hmm. take, you know, the, and have conversations with her. I do kind of what you were saying is I, I'll sit down with her and, and I'll get real personal and up in her face and say, listen to me. Mm-hmm. You have to do this because of this, mm-hmm. and then I'll always go. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> she'll and then she'll go. I've witnessed. Well, Dad, Dad, and I'll go. Do you understand? And she'll go yes. And then because <laughs> I want her to really understand the word, you know what I'm saying. Because it goes ha- instead of just kind of blowing it off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's the only thing I've really had to when it comes to. I think that's wise. I still do that with my kids. I'm like I, I do this, and they know eye contact. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I say, and it is, and it's. Like, like this is, and I've said, this is a verbal contract. You're saying that you understand. And if you don't do what we just discussed, then A, you're being disrespectful or we have a bigger issue. Yeah. It's easier to reason Mm -hmm. with when they get older and you're like, you're Mm -hmm. like, you're saying you're making a a contract Mm -hmm. with her. She heard attention span is so all over the place. So it's really hard to get, I'm like, focus for a second, (laughs) listen to what I'm saying. And cause she'll, you know. She doesn't get the reason behind a lot of things. Right. Why can't I do this? And, I'm like, and I'll mm-hmm. stop and be like, here's why. You can't have cookies all day mm-hmm. because you'll get sugar bugs in your teeth and your teeth will fall out. <laughs> I tell her that because and she can. Hey, that's true. <laughs> yeah, because you have to understand you're talking to a three year old. They don't understand like you're going to get cavities and then you get a plaque on your teeth. And like they don't they don't understand that. So you got to kind of like speak at their level. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So so have you had in, had to have any uncomfortable conversations yet? Um, yeah. 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 We've, uh, uh, so I just to clarify really quick, my son is 14 mm-hmm. and he looks like he's 18 or 19. Um, so that invites some different things, oh, like yeah. maybe even older girls that are attracted to him. And that's been a situation. Um, and then my daughter who is 12 is, um, 
she is a she is in a special needs situation. She has a uh, refractory epilepsy that has caused severe brain damage to where she has um, reverted back to like a first grade kindergarten level, and um, so we have those very like um, when you have a daughter, a your your brain just operates different, mm-hmm. um, and then when you go to that place of a special needs daughter, the the increasing um, the ability or the or the likelihood of you being abused or something happening increases substantially um like we're talking about like between 50 and 70 percent the chances of you being a victim of sexual abuse um and so this is a girl that is maturing into a into a teenage body but we have to explain it on a on a kindergarten first grade level so we've had some really hard conversations um there's a, an American Girls book series that mm-hmm. explains like mother daughter like this is this is this is how our bodies are the same and this is how your body's going to change. So I've just it's been there's been a big learning curve. Mm-hmm. Um, we have never had a special needs situation in our family. We've been very fortunate that all the kids in our family have been very healthy. Mm-hmm. So um, to be the mother of a special needs child and then to explain to an entire family what that means has been very very hard so it's not just the conversations with my children it's the com- children are wonderful when it comes to these situations yeah. adults are fucking morons sometimes oh, yeah. and they have and and they have i don't know what makes them unable to experience empathy either on the level of my child or the level of me as a mother but it's 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 infuriating. You got to play to the crowd a little bit. Like you, you go do, into a situation yeah. and you. OK, so this is what I that people don't do that. That kind of bothers me. And I, I'm not in your situation, but I would mm-hmm. assume when you go around a big group of people, mm-hmm. they're not acting. OK, maybe you don't understand what's going on mm-hmm. and wh- like what. Are, right. But but chill like yeah kind of just observe play to your crowd yeah, exactly. and realize what you can and can't do until uh-huh. you figure out a good like, you know, a pl- response plan. Yeah. And don't just start doing whatever you normally do because mm-hmm. that's not fair to and yeah that it's so true what you're saying is exactly true that people just immediately we live in we live in a in in a society right now that people immediately are like can i record this can i get hits like what can i do with mm-hmm. this and that's that's honest um but there's so but also we live in a time where like the generation before me like that thing about that like using the word retarded using the word special needs using the words differently abled using there's there's just like this whole thing i grew up in a time where we said that's gay you're retarded yep and now we have to tell our siblings and the people that grew up with us like hey by the way like this like we're 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 not we're not comfortable with the word retarded Mm -hmm. anymore Mm -hmm. you know and 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 that's and i know that it doesn't come from a mean place but it's also a it's also a a uh, a chance to educate people. Yeah. Just as an adult, you should know. You should know. You would assume you, well, would, I mean, you like, should know. We had this conversation. You know your, you know your area. We had this you con- do. conversation. Yeah. You may agree or disagree, but like mm-hmm. when, I, when, you, when I'm listening to a comedian mm-hmm. and they say those kind of things, mm-hmm. I think it's funny. I'm going to mm-hmm. be honest with you. But also, in the context. In the context, because mm-hmm. he's, genu- he's on that stage to be funny and that's it, period. Oh, yeah. But like I, I don't take it personally. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So what I go, but, but I have a friend who works with uh, mentally handicapped people mm-hmm. and I know when I walk around that person, 
person or I'm around mm-hmm. that person, I don't say that word out of just pure respect for that person. Right. Like, yeah, you're aware of your surroundings. And that's the thing, too. Like, I don't I don't take every situation. I was at a comedy show Friday night and the guy goes, hey, did you just have a fucking seizure? Like, that's a direct quote. That's what he said to somebody. Yeah. My daughter has epilepsy. I'm not taking that personal. Mm-hmm. I get it. I know what you're doing. There are probably a, like if you knew the statistics, there's a lot of people in here who yeah. have probably had seizures. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not taking that personally. But if you're in our home and you say that's retarded yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know what then yeah. you're just kind of being a dick and you're not aware yeah and you're you just know? unaware of your su- yeah. surroundings but as uh in that situation yeah we've had some hard conversations not with our daughter hard conversations with the adults yeah um the hard conversation actually right now with our teenage son is is pornography mm-hmm. like that's that's a very hard it's not a hard conversation because as my father's son says he was like here's the line Here's your mother. Like she's just she's going to jump over that line (laughs) and she's going to take it because in my opinion, like we can't talk about this enough. And I don't mean that as in like, I don't ever want you to not feel comfortable talking about it with me. Like you need to you need to have the verbiage and the respect to discuss it with your mother before you go on to another real life relationship and situation where you can respect your girlfriend and your wife and your partner. Coming, so, coming from a male, though, the, the say, access that they have to that's, porn it's is terrifying. so crazy. Well, it's terrifying. So, so what's, your, the, what's your plan? That what? So here's my so my situation is, is that it's it hasn't. It's. I mean, it's happened. It's happened. Like I would be so dumb to think it wouldn't happen. It no, it's not that. It's it's that. This is what I think. Um, so you need to re- explain reality. Yeah, cause I, I'm gonna ex- like everything that's happening to your body. Let's discuss that, and then I'm also gonna tell you everything that's happening to a woman's body right now. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. We're also gonna discuss the rabbit hole that I talked about later. There's things Ugh. you can go into and that you're not sure. going to unsee and well, that can fuck with you for the rest of your yeah, life. I, uh, I would have to agree. I saw like, okay, w- w- watching porn when I was young or whatever, I felt like there was, I was going to watch it and you couldn't stop me. There was like, no, I mean, I'm just being honest <laughs> yeah. and I saw a lot of weird shit, but mm-hmm. I also needed someone there to tell me like, look, this is like my mom sat me down and explained to me that like, Yes, you're watching this, and yes, but this is not how you necessarily mm-hmm. treat women. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And so, this is like not it, what women are looking this for. Is not, this <laughs> is not. <laughs> yeah. That's so true, and that's been our situation, is that I have said that we... Mm, you know what? I know you can watch this, and you're like, damn, really? Boobies? Those are amazing. <laughs> like, I get that. I get that self-pleasure is a real thing. I get that you're going to get erections, and look, you're, you're going to hear your mother say erections. Like, yeah, we're going to talk I about all it. of it. And my thing is, is that... Is that is that as much as as fun as this is to look at your phone or your device and be like, oh, my God, look at all that. Nothing compares to being in love with a woman mm-hmm. and sharing these physical experiences. Yep. Like... I, I need you to not become completely void of emotion when you do meet a real life woman and sure, you see boobies yeah. in, in real in real life for the first time yeah. and go, I don't know what to do because I've only seen these on a screen. But there's <laughs> like, also I don't something want you to, do that. to be said about like when you're that age, you are just like. That's all, all you want to do. Yeah, all you, I care you about. You think you invented masturbation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, does anybody know how amazing this is? I, was like, um, I mean, I feel like everybody my age, we like guys, you know, we were obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Like that's what. Absolutely. And like, you're not old enough to be in love with someone mm-hmm. or have any business mm-hmm. thinking you're in love with mm-hmm. someone. But you have all these hormones and these like sexual things and you want to, you have to put it somewhere. Yeah. And I feel like if you don't, it's just going to cause 
frustration and, and aggression yeah, in other places. And I'll, and I'll, I one hundred percent agree, and that's why I said like like the everything that you're feeling and experiencing right now is one hundred percent normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are not abnormal. You are one hundred percent normal, and 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 self pleasure is normal, but. Like going on the internet and having everything at your disposal, like like just using keywords and going, okay, yep. I want to look at a blonde with <laughs> big boobs and a fat ass, like all these things. Like that's what's not normal. Yeah. Like well, if you want to like pleasure weirdly, yourself, okay, this is a whole different thing. But yeah. like even looking at people my age and being on like dating apps. Oh yeah, like that's there's true. one in a uh, very many guys who will actually put stuff like that on what they're looking for. Like that, there it's all it's all physicality. Yeah. Big boobs. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I wonder actually, what dating site my mom's yeah. on. No, actually, this is this is plenty of fish. This isn't you porn. Like, it's, like you're getting your what? No, but I think that that's true. And I always tell my son, like, I just need you to use this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't doubt that you're going to do this. But two things: your mother and your sister live in this house, and you better have a little bit of fucking respect. Well, it there goes go. back to like what I said about instilling the information, and in yeah, so they can make the right decision when right. that when that. That's the thing too is that free will. Like I'm not going to cut you off from the internet. I need to I need to teach you how to have self-control and make good decisions. That's like what I was saying is like yeah. if when I was a kid, if I wanted to see porn, I could see porn. Yeah. There's no you're my, you're not stopping me. Mm-mm. I'm gonna figure out a way to do it, <laughs> whether you whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. So like giving them the right information mm-hmm. and, and 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 explaining mm-hmm. what all goes and giving them just a better understanding of what porn itself is and how yeah. it's not a realistic view of how a relationship or and or sex goes. Yeah. That's what helped me realize that to separate the two. Mm-hmm. So when it did come time to be in a relationship and you know I thought you know I'm in love and all this stuff, I didn't take that along with me and go in the bedroom and be like, oh, I'm about to, you, you like that? You like that? You like that? Like, hey, I'm going to show you this video. Do your legs go back? Like yeah, like things like that. Right. Yeah. So he's like, how flexible are you? <laughs> I, I, brought, I brought up this like question because I, I remember, and you've already kind of touched on it, I avoided all of those conversations with you. You did, and I think that that is the answer. There should not be taboo conversations with your kids mm-hmm. it has to start early yeah but because i know like seriously i would try with you and you'd be like mm-hmm. uh-uh, uh-uh. Nope. No, and, and my thing was <laughs> and, the, and it was probably a bad move by me because i would just be like yep i understand that like don you don't need to talk to me about and it even I if you did it, it you're like mom we're shutting this down exactly yeah. and and i think that it may have like um kind of like i don't know may, messed with me at the time because like i didn't I just immediately assumed I knew everything. And right. I've always been that way. I've been I think teenagers just do that. Oh, but yeah. to, to be honest, <laughs> I, know, I still think really that to this day. Like, I feel like I feel like I'm a, a very I just feel like I know everything. Well, I, <laughs> that might be a first child thing. To be honest, that might be birth order yeah. because I feel like I do that too. Going back to those situations when I was with my friends and they were like, dude, have you seen like boobs? And like, we all didn't know really what was yeah. like the, everything. We didn't know everything, but mm-hmm. I feel like I had a better handle on it and had a more realistic view because you had a better but because of those I conversations <laughs> <laughs> but like but i went into these situations knowing that like i knew what was like i i saw this and was like okay i was categorizing oh. things like okay this isn't but then there was people that i knew i had friends and they were just so like like you were talking about like boobs and like mm-hmm. this is how this works and I'm just like no man like no, I that's don't, not it I at feel all. like I had a just I didn't have to have my mom there telling me every little thing mm-hmm. because she just set a a ground where I was able to like fil- 
filter these things yeah. that were coming into my life and do you remember ever going to her with something of like of she like usually, sensitive nature or taboo and going ma like i i actually need you to break this down for me she usually had to get stuff out of me mm-hmm. like you know um she like i googled some stuff and she would be <laughs> yeah. like hey like you, you know don't you know and she would like go through that with me mm-hmm. and she would she had caught I, I never got caught doing anything like never that, but punish you but instead make it a conversation kind of give me some information on right. what you know if you're doing this so you know this is what's going this on my dad situation. never ever ever told me anything mm-hmm. i remember the very first my dad used to have easy rider magazine right there was the very first boobs i ever saw right. Easy Rider magazine. <laughs> but don't you think like, that was such a simpler time like at some like there have been moments where i've been in my room going okay how am i gonna broach this subject with my son you know what? Fuck! Just buy him a Playboy and let him stare at that for the next five years and just be done. Like with like, both of my boys, I actually caught you guys looking at stuff. Giancarlo will be just a thrilled for me to be saying <laughs> that on a podcast. But I caught you looking at stuff. I don't remember that. You don't remember that when you had your friend over uh, and you had that, and you're trying and you're, to close it. Yes, and the computer's and, um, too slow because it's the nineties. He was sitting at the computer, and there's this naked right. person hanging on the screen, <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, nothing, <laughs> nothing. I, I was pretty. Computers slick. are I, just slow. I never got caught. We had, we had a really slow. It was a gateway. If oh, you remember, I remember the, the gateway. If we, you that remember was our that first, with the, the cows. So, our first home computer. Yeah. So uncomfortable conversations. Have you had to have any recently? I would have to say I try to think of them as an, I try not to, as not uncomfortable because I want them to come to me. You know, I know they're going to screw up. I want them to feel comfortable calling me if they are at a party and drink or their friends are drinking and they need a ride or I didn't feel you know. comfortable with that with you until I was like I 20. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> and I and I want And then them I abused to. it for like 3 years <laughs> until the night I said no. No, you don't do this anymore. <laughs> but um, you know, I I want them to ask me questions. I want to talk about things. I want them to have the real information because it's crazy even today with everything that's so available. Mm-hmm. That they still don't know the real information Mm -hmm. and the right information. And, you know, I don't, I try really hard. I am the mom that is known for talking straight with my kids. Mm -hmm. And so they have friends who are like, man, I can't talk to my mom Mm -hmm. like that, you know, but I can't talk to somebody else's kid about things because that's, you know, their parents' job. But, um, you know, I just I think you have to be that safety net and um, there has to be respect. But I want to be the one who's giving them the information. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was an ER nurse, Mm -hmm. so I've seen more than my share of things that I feel like my kids need to know about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, (laughs) I've told it on the podcast before. My mom would always come home and be like, you you guys aren't choking each other out, are you? Because because kids kids are doing that to get high. And I was like, no, mom, I didn't know that. But now I do. So maybe I'm going to tell some friends about it. Or like, or like, um, I mean, I think you, I think you even brought up like the duster thing where kids were like inhaling like the, um, the computer duster because yeah, it would, thing. Yeah. Yeah, it'd get yeah. people high. And I was like, no, I didn't know that could get you high, but I do <laughs> now, now. I do. <laughs> uh, but, but, and that leads to like the, the exact, I love how this has flown because that leads to exactly what I want to talk about was drugs and alcohol because, you know, marijuana is becoming such a accepted thing. <clears throat> how do you, how do you broach that subject when it's recreationally legal in 
the almost the entire country. And um, I've heard so I've heard Dr. Drew on an Adam Carolla podcast, and I I've heard him state that you know at a young age, like getting super high is not good because your brain's still developing. Mm-hmm. But he's like, he's also, you know, says the other medical benefits of it. So how do you feel about broaching that subject when, you know, it's something that is so accepted? But then, but then at the same time, it's not accepted. Where do you want to start? You want to start with your mom? Yeah. Okay. Well, I know my friends are going to listen to this. You know, I have never had a big problem. I don't smoke marijuana, but I've never had a big problem with it. (laughs) And I've never wanted to make a huge deal over it. I don't want my kids. Except for the one time that you drug tested me because I missed picking somebody up from basketball It wasn't just that. There were other (laughs) things going on that I needed to know. You just, you got to a point in time where um, we just weren't connecting. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't... um, you just you were not the same person, yeah. And that I was what it. concerned me. And honestly, you know, like I said, marijuana doesn't bother me all that much. I was more concerned working in the ER with um, the new stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned about the jewel stuff. What that I don't even. I thought that you was have just to tell me what that is. What is that? Um, that's a little. They Smoking. they yeah they it's like, like a USB. oils and stuff that they and put it goes in there. In your, so and it's like so is it is it with because we've had a lot like of a kids vape. yeah, so yeah. Gonna, we've had a it's lot like of kids a little vape we had this pen, conversation with our son about the vape pen and Max is my son Max just said I'm nervous because I don't know what's in it mm-hmm. very I smart said, kid. okay I said okay and then his dad goes well you know everybody that uses a vape pen at work. We call those douche flutes. <laughs> and so Max went to school and started saying, oh, you smoke a douche flute. And all the kids were like, what? And so he looked like some kind of hero because he had this goofy name That's for it. Awesome. And like was I'm able totally to like using that. douche flute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you say douche flute, kids are like, oh, my God. I do know yeah. a lot of people that are super into that. To yeah, no, I agree. I called it you're sucking on a robot penis. They're- yeah, <laughs> there you go. But they're super expensive. Like they'll go. They get share that, them. They're not. And they get Which is scary. They're really passing them around. Yeah, expensive cool. machine. Like yeah. it's like yes. this big, and it like the mod. it heats up, and it has all the like some of the flavors are like unicorn blood, and like <laughs> really. And they, come, I think it can be damaging to so their lungs. And that's that the thing is that me. There, it hasn't been around enough that's to do what enough I was testing to just know. Say. Yeah, there's to no know. kind of um, yeah. like no long lasting effects that you don't you know twenty years down the road. I've heard that I've heard that whole popcorn lung thing, but I don't know how true that is. I don't know if that's real either. But I, I think anytime you're inhaling anything, anything you're yeah. irritating yeah. the yeah. mucosa in your airway. Mm-hmm. If you're getting, you know, there yeah. are just too many things that can so happen. There's so much more smoke involved with those things than there is actual like cigarettes. Because yeah. have you ever seen someone like oh, really yeah, blow a giant cloud of that, smoke? And, out but of like them. you got to imagine all that thick smoke is in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and and they they hit that thing way more times than you would hit any cigarette. Yeah. I, I just see exactly. them over and over and over. I like, agree. So to you're not so you're worried more about newer I'm things. worried about newer things I'm worried about synthetic things mm-hmm. I'm worried about um, I don't you know it's weird I see it, it's interesting because you and I are weirdly kind of in the same generation mm-hmm. consideration like I'm at the upper end you're mm-hmm. kind of the middle end right. and then the twins uh, but I think me being in the upper end I was still part of that group that was we were kind of terrified of drugs Mm -hmm. you know because we were on (laughs) the tail end of some of the heroin and stuff like that that happened and um that i feel like my twins are afraid of drugs and alcohol and smoking and so it kind of feels a lot like i felt Mm -hmm. but i want to talk to them about it because i know the exposure 
is there. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, tr- we try to talk about it a lot and, you know, any, anything could happen. I always, you know, just like I said, kids are going to make mistakes. I made mistakes. Um, you know, but it does using substances does alter your brain mm-hmm. when you're, um, especially when you're young yeah, and, and it's, it's still, still forming mm-hmm. and it's crazy um, to me because I, I never, ever thought about doing any kind of like hard drug ever mm-hmm. to like, even when I was like heroin or cocaine or anything like that i've never even just like thought of being like i should start doing this like i don't know if the whole right. gateway drug thing is true but i kind of got on the the weed thing like later in life like i didn't start doing even da- i've always just like dabbled never really been but like in my 20 like early early 20s is when the first time i have ever done any of that stuff and i was never impressed by it yeah and never really did anything for me so i don't know I want to be honest. Weed really messes me up, like to the point that I get scared and like paranoid and fun stuff. For me. So I, I was, don't enjoy it. So I don't do it. When I was I like don't. nineteen, I think I had some people over at my house, and uh, I went into my mom's room, and all the drawers were open, and I was like, I was paranoid that someone that was at my house had been going through my mom's. And I went out and I was like, everybody get the fuck out, like mm-hmm. blah. And it, I saw that it made me that way, and I was like, I, it just doesn't. It makes me sleepy and hungry. Yeah, it and definitely t- did not chill you out. But I will no. admit, I will admit, <laughs> when it is I, different. When I, when it really had, is based on your brain composition. But I will admit, when I've had an edible before, like I, that was great. Yeah. I felt fine because yeah. it's like a real slow. Like it doesn't like slow just build, make you sure. super yeah. like. Um, well, I had right. to like, <laughs> I've had to like stand up from the chair I was in to even realize that it like had to yeah. hit me, you know what I mean? But the, it's just weird. Like, I don't know what goes into, I've just, what it was instilled in me to just never, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know if it's, the, but I hung out with people that have done cocaine. I had never, done, I had never seen anything more, I would say I've never, I've never seen heroin or anything like mm-hmm. that in person like i've never mm-hmm. even I've seen, seen it i've seen and i would never touch that because that i mean it's like yeah. roulette you don't yeah. know if you're that person yeah. and I, you know from what i've seen of heroin even with coke kind of right yeah. you don't know what it's laced with or mm-hmm. any kind of but, but I heroin just, i mean she's talking is, about like oof. your response to it like, that's yeah. what i'm saying yeah. everybody's brain composition is so different to those things like i i didn't i just didn't mess with drugs that's but there wasn't drugs around when i was a mm-hmm. kid i'm gonna be honest like my parents never like my parents weren't hippies my parents weren't like my parents were drinkers yeah mm-hmm. so that's my struggle like to be Same. completely uh, to be completely honest there was alcohol in our home most of the time Same. and so that's my go-to yeah. and and, s- and so and i'm, I and I'm kind of concerned was, yeah there was Right, you guys. Well, had and stuff, I didn't drink. And I just didn't know. I didn't drink. <laughs> oh, they just kept it out of eyesight. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we, that's not bad. And I never really. I don't know. I was. I just never. And I, and that was never something I, I would remember yeah. to buy. It's like, just yeah. funny because I remember growing up and not ever really seeing it. And then we had like a Christmas get together or mm. something. And then there was actually beer and stuff there when I was twenty one. Okay, and I was time like, out. Was that after a grandparent died? Because that's when alcohol came. Like was very apparent. Like we had a super churchy grandpa die, mm-hmm. and then like everybody in the family was like, "Whoa." He said it, it started Damn. with <laughs> they were like the, we're drinking the, yeah, the, when it when I started to notice it was when grandpa had a Coors Light in Michigan and and I was like I've never seen grandpa drink ever right, right and then I felt like then I noticed it because then I was starting I think to drink a little bit in high school and stuff like that sure. and I was like now I see like people actually drinking beers You're I wonder if I just didn't yeah. even notice it it was, and it was still going on when I was well, younger. Well, and I don't care for, um, and you know, I don't care for 
over drinking. Oh yeah, and so I <laughs> my twenty first birthday, not... <laughs> when, and she went out with me, and she was like, "You're gonna mix that with that," and I was like, "Yeah, I've been doing I this enjoy, for a little bit." I enjoy <laughs> drinking, but I don't enjoy being with anybody who oh, drinks way too yeah. much. Especially I don't like sober, to drink way too much. Is that not the worst? I don't think I'm a buzzkill. I just don't no. like the. No, when I you think that tip that <laughs> scale. What I'm saying myself as a sober person when right. you're around a bunch of drunk oh, people, yeah. it's so annoying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. sober right now? Yeah. Like actively? <laughs> yeah. Like not just today right in this moment? No, no, no. He's like no, you don't no, drink? No. Oh, I drink. I drink. No. Oh, okay. I'm Sorry. talking about like times no, I... No, I know. When you're sober you know with when a you group sh- of people. Yeah, like when you show up to a party and everybody's been drinking Already, for two yeah. hours, I'm like, fuck well, you guys. How, how am I ever going to get usually, out? I don't even really like to go if it's <laughs> Yeah, if you don't. Yeah, I, I usually get off work at like midnight and everyone's like, come later. And I'm like, no, because you guys are all be hammered. Shane actually didn't text me this week or last weekend because you're like, he's probably already drunk. Yeah, I saw the message on Facebook said two hours ago and I was like, he's drunk. No, no. <laughs> That's but, interesting. I so don't, how are you uh, How are you broaching the subject of... Um, so our thing is, so we actually just, this is funny that you say this, we did a parent interview and it's something sent home from school and it says like, hey, ask your parents if you were 14 years old and you were with friends and they said, hey, we've got beer, do you want to drink? What would you do? So it's basically like, it's a, it's a, it's a very easy way to say, okay, mom, dad, what would you say? Mm-hmm. And, um, I said, I don't, I don't know what I would say because I was always so terrified of my father finding out <laughs> that I was just like, no, like, you know, my dad, if we like, he'll kick my ass and your ass. Like we're not drinking. That's what's going to happen. But I told my son, Max, like he gets migraines. Yeah. And so I'm like, tell him you're on migraine medicine. And Max is like, I didn't even think about that. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, tell him you're on migraine medicine. You can't drink. If you drink, you're going to get a migraine. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to be puking everywhere and yeah. it's going to suck for everybody. That's good. It's and crazy. Like, like the, oh. th- the three different, because my dad was always like, I remember from being like nine years old and my dad having me go get him beers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then like tipping, he would get like, he'd have all his buddies <laughs> yeah. over playing poker or whatever. <laughs> right. And he'd like, go get me a beer. And I would like, I was by the mm-hmm. age of 10, I was popping caps off and yeah. like giving them to him. And he would let me have a sip of his beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like This tastes like shit. I don't want, you know, Yeah. but like, it's weird because I've always been around it and my dad's mm-hmm. always been cool like when I wanted to start drinking beer he would let me drink beer mm-hmm. when I was 16 17 years old my dad would like let me drink his beers at at his house I mean your parents would, were divorced yeah how I, was your mother um she like she knew but she wasn't a ball buster like my mom came and got me I talked about it a lot she had to come get me from the Anderson police station because I was at a party and the party got busted and I was the only one there that was 18 oh. or 17 and I was getting ready to turn like two weeks away oh. and they took me to the airs and she was super cool about it and just like didn't ground me, didn't do anything. It happened, yeah. And kind of when I turned the eight, when I turned 17, my mom and my dad kind of just like let go and like mm-hmm. you, you like the, my mom used to be really, really hard on me. She used to like make me like write sentences when I would get in trouble. Right. And like, um, I was so how, where were you in high school when you turned 17? Like what, where, where, where like where? Like were you grade? older? Like Geographically? what grade? No, like what grade? Grade. <laughs> grade. Grade. What grade? Were you junior, senior? Cause like I was old. I think like, I was a sophomore. Oh, okay. So you were, I was a little bit older. Like I was 18 my entire senior year. I was year. an older kid for the grade. So that would mean I was a sophomore. So like I was like one of the first people to get a car. Yeah. Exactly. I was in the same boat. Then. Yeah. I was yeah. in the same boat. So my birthday's in June. Cause I started yeah. driving my summer after my freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Uh, yeah. So same. I got my license mm-hmm. in my sophomore year. And so it was the same. And so I feel like. I knew I turned 18 my senior year. My dad's like, you're 18. Legally, there's not shit I can do for you. Mm -hmm. Like, if you act stupid, 
you're on your own. Mm-hmm. And that's the, di- like I was, but I was, I was raised by a single father. Yeah. You know what though? I think that's so key to kids today. And that's the important thing I tell my kids. Yeah. Is you reach a certain point where you are a consultant. Right. Yeah. You are no longer. Yeah. And my they dad, have to that's understand exactly what my dad They're said. in control. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is what it, a lot mm-hmm. of kids struggle with, like mm-hmm. high school students, college students, because their parents, parents are haven't bail me out. let that yeah. go yet. Mm-hmm. And said, they're still trying to control you know, them when they're yes. in a different, like they're, they're in done. Muncie going you to have college. No yeah, control. Once, yeah, like once you're 18, like my dad said, my dad goes, I can only give you advice. Yes. That's I just all remember I my mom being really like strict and hard on me about stuff. And then it's like one day she mm-hmm. just stopped and like, nope. we, and, <laughs> and we became a lot cooler. Like me right. and her like mm-hmm. actually became closer because I didn't go make like that was one instance where I had to go, right. you know, and a couple other little, little tiny things with like, you know, mm-hmm. drinking or whatever. But I was like, she felt like I was smart enough to make mm-hmm. good decisions. And I really didn't for the but most part make good that decisions. That, that don't you think that you knowing like knowing on some level that your parents had faith in you to make the the right decision. And I didn't want to instead of them, I didn't instead of them going, my parents. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Right. And that's, and I still feel that way. Like I said, like I'm at the age that I am and I still, I would be, I would be really upset to disappoint my father well, my, still to this my day. My dad does this thing all the time where he'll be like, here, here's what I think you should do. Yeah. And then he's like, but do what you want. Yeah. And yeah. I usually almost always do the other thing. Yeah. And then he always, and, then <laughs> and he's always right. He, he is. And then he's and he always, always loves, right. They're he, always right. He always loves to say, I told you so, which right. is kind of right. crude. But, this thing. But, yeah. he, but he definitely like, he tries to point me in the right direction to make the right decisions. And I remember calling him and I like had this new idea, like, I'm going to go do this. And he's like, I don't know if that's a good idea. And then I would go do it and it wouldn't be a good idea. And then it would. Yeah. And I feel like that happens every time with my father, like in my entire life. And even now, like at this age, like I still haven't learned, but in the moment I'm like, he's telling me this and this is going to be right. And I'm going to do the opposite thing. And then I'm going to (laughs) know, like I've gotten further along in the process. So I understand, but my father would always say to me, don't do anything to embarrass yourself or me. I would leave the house. And that was what he would say. Don't do anything to embarrass yourself or embarrass me. Mm-hmm. And there was a little bit of accountability in the fact that that's my father and I don't want to embarrass him. But yeah. he did always say, don't do anything to embarrass yourself. Well, there's like a lesson within being told not to do something and then doing it anyways. You yeah. le- you learned a lesson from that. That's I've, the free will I, part. I've yeah. learned a lot of things in my life by doing the wrong thing. Right. So and like it took, it took a lot of times where like my dad would say, I don't think that's a good idea, but I would do it anyways. And then mm-hmm. from, and then it, I would learn that that was a bad decision and not to do that again. Even though I did learn the hard way, I could have learned easily by just not doing it. But but, but you still have to. You still have to. You still have to provide your children with the information. And I always say, like, think in facts when you're talking to your children. As emotional as you want to get. And I am an Italian mother. And there's times where my son is like, "Mom, you're being extra Italian right now." <laughs> and I'm like, "You know what? Get the fuck over it." And that's and I, I do. I say and I and I speak from emotion. And I do say that, like Max, I'm speaking from emotion right now. But time out. Let me give you some facts mm-hmm. based on this. And that's the thing. Like with the drug thing. Like I said, we have to we have to tread very lightly because we're still in that moment. Like, like marijuana could treat your sister's epilepsy Mm -hmm. like we don't want to abuse this recreationally but it's also not our call to decide if somebody wants to use Mm -hmm. it recreationally this is none of our effing business however like we want to use this for good Mm -hmm. and the good is is that oh my god what if it could stop your sister's seizures Mm -hmm. so like like let's yeah like but but that's the thing like we talked about earlier there's not enough information to know how it's going to affect her brain later in Mm -hmm. life 
in treating her epilepsy. We've done the CBD oil. Mm-hmm. CBD oil didn't work. Mm-hmm. We just we just canceled out the 13th pharmaceutical that has failed her at max dose. Mm-hmm. And now we're weaning her off of that. We don't we don't we actually don't have the option to use marijuana with THC mm-hmm. in it in because the state of, of Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and did you hear about this? So they did pass it for the seat. We have the medical marijuana mm-hmm. card that they issued here in Indiana. Literally something that you could make in your own home office. The laminator. Yeah. It's so kindergarten. Dainty. The cards that they sent. It's ridiculous. Well, do you guys, any, does anybody have a, like a card to carry? Like a, a carry a weapon? Business. Conceal no, like ca- conceal to carry. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a joke, right? What they send you, the laminated yeah. piece of paper. No, I don't have that. I have the actual... I think his is a little bit more advanced. Let me see. It's not the pink one. It is the pink one. Yeah, it's like an actual. Oh no, card. you have a card card. So yeah. this is so this is not what it is. It's literally a piece, a piece of, of paper. paper. It also, that's it also might be that way because this is a lifetime carry. Oh, okay. And okay, then, then maybe that's if different. it was like um, not a lifetime, it would be they just give you the piece of paper right. instead. But I think right. since they want me, yeah. To, so the one that I have is just it's pink and it's a piece of paper and it's laminated. Oh, okay. And so the the white CBD oil, like the which I think is a crock of shit because mm-hmm. I don't even think that there is a registry. Yeah, I think that they knew that they were going to pass this and that the 3% THC and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. I don't think that, I think that it was just, it was, it was just what, it's just the backward shit that Indiana does. Mm -hmm. And so my thing is, is, is that, so now everybody can use CBD oil, Mm -hmm. but this idiot, this Senator that passed, did you see this amendment? They have to label CBD oil as a schedule one. It is same as heroin. Wow. CBD oil with 0.0% zero point zero three percent THC is the same as heroin. Coming from someone who I've I've had a, I've eaten a CBD oil uh, candy bar when I was in Colorado, and it was just CBD it just or THC you, like, CBD. It has no Mm-mm. effect on you other than it just makes your body feel like not good and like a like I'm high. Yeah. Like do you just feel like relief? Like I just feel better. I don't know, how to, mm-hmm. I, but I didn't feel any kind of like no like. Oh, I'm paranoid or anything like Mm-mm. THC does because they're they're split. It's like THC and then there's CBD and, like, and it's they all very have different- very different. And it also depends on the makeup of your brain. Yeah. If you're someone with an addictive brain, like if you have if you you're going to have different effects and different and and different experiences from the cannabis plant. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter has a very massive brain malformation in her brain. She doesn't have the ability to get high from these types of things. And this is all medical research that I've read because you can go to a neurologist in Indiana and the last thing they're going to fucking tell you is how cannabis can be beneficial. Right. So I've had to do it all by myself. But my thing is, is, is don't just don't abuse it mm-hmm. because it has the ability to be medicinal mm-hmm. and that's the first step like and if you want to use it recreationally and i'm with you like how do you tell your teenage kid i'd rather you smoke a little weed in the basement than go and get drunk with your friends mm-hmm. well i tell them that's that, I, you I, know because they're able to tell me you know so and so has been smoking pot right. and you know i've told them about how you know it takes i would have takes never away. told you that <laughs> my son, my son told me, yeah, like takes away their drive, right? You know, yeah. and I talked to him about it. I'm like, yeah, I mean, they're going to end know, up being that person for the rest of their lives. Maybe if they're not careful. Maybe yeah. I mean, there are people that I think have been, you know, very successful and and do okay with it. You know, but there are those. There is that potential there, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's just not something. Well, there's definitely two different kinds of like 
THC. It's there's like sativa and then the other one, which I can't remember, but one is more like an upper and one's like a downer. And like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't necessarily know what the you're difference. getting when you are smoking any weed, especially kids. They right. don't know what they're getting. So like, well, I remember in high school, I would go to a buddy's house and they would all be smoking pot and I would just be like, man, I, I'm going to go home guys. Cause you're just sitting here. We're nothing. We're not doing anything. We're right. just sitting around and I'm watching you guys like, uh, like just yeah. kind of, so I was like, I'm out of here. Yep. But it's just not a lot of. What do they it, call it? So it's sativa and I know Indi- it's like indica. Indica. Indica, indica. Yeah. indica so, is the upper. I think sativa is the downer. And sativa is like sit in the couch. Like it makes you like, that's how I was always taught. Like yeah. <laughs> indica is the upper. Like yeah. it'll give you energy or like even change your thought process to make you really like. Well, I know a lot of people that say if you smoke enough weed and you do it enough, you'll get like energy from it. You'll actually have the opposite effect to but I've never, <laughs> never smoked enough. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I like I, I dabbled in my in, yeah. in my early early twenties and like just was not impressed with it. And like, yeah. I I just I really have been trying to figure this out. What about me? What was instilled in me to not want to do like other things? Because there's obviously people that anyone if you went mm-hmm. to school with that ended up getting addicted to some kind of drug or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like a. Uh, I mean, I know. Do you think it's a physiological thing? That's my question. Well, I know for sure my parents both did a lot of drugs when they were like, I'm talking about like, you know, acid and stuff like that. And I just have never even Mm -hmm. wanted, I had no desire to do that. And I want to know what it is that, why I'm like that way. So I could Mm -hmm. try to do that with my daughter. I think that it's the same, like with any pharmaceutical, like some people are going to react positively to it and other people aren't. I think that it has the same, like, it really depends on who you are. Like, there's, there's, and, and there's medication that I'm very sensitive to, and there's medication that my daughter is, like, so is it genetic? Like, what, what is I it know, hereditary? What, what like, I know what for happens? a fact about myself is anything that I take, any kind of anything, hits me really hard, no matter what well, it is. I was is. just going to say, like, I've never been the type of person to, like, I don't even like taking Tylenol if I don't have to mm-hmm. or Advil. Same here. Like I'll just like my my girlfriend's always like you have a headache. I'll give you something. I'm like no, nah, I'll just I'll I'll Wait figure it out. out. I'll yeah. be I'll be all I'll right. Take a vitamin and drink some water. Water. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'll be okay in a couple hours. So maybe that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what it is. It's like more of like a um. I don't like not feeling like myself. Yeah. So anything that makes me not feel like myself, besides alcohol, I've had me and alcohol are best friends sometimes. <laughs> I know. But it's just like. I just don't like the feeling. Like I, I was uh, for a short time when I was a kid. I was prescribed Paxil. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I hated the way it made me feel. Mm-hmm. It made me feel like not myself, and I would just like cry as a kid because I didn't know why How I felt this you? way. Like ten, eleven. Oh wow! And I was having. I had. Um, I was a hypochondriac. Like, like social I, anxiety. No, no. I, he was not just hypochondriac. I thought I was going to die all yeah. the time. Oh I, my gosh. I, I still have that. My mom, sometimes. which is not unusual for kids that age, but mm-hmm. it probably just manifested just hard. I yeah. watched a lot of things that really, um, my, and didn't you say your brother used to mess with you? My brother, like I would touch oh, a siblings. berry from a tree and he's like, Oh, you, you're you touch that. He's like, you're going to die now. <laughs> and my Sibling, funny, siblings are the worst. And it was siblings a, are the it worst. There was a lot of like stories like that. Like my mom told me a story when I was young about this guy who was cleaning out his gutters and touched bird poop and then he touched his eyes oh. and he went blind. And from that moment wow. on, I was like, if I, Formative even, years. if I touched bird right. poop accidentally, I was like, <gasps> Like I thought, and then I was like, maybe I touched my mouth and I was spitting a whole, like 
It, and my mom had to take me to the library when I was like nine, ten years old, and we had to look up in the dictionary what rabies were because I was like, "Mom, I have rabies." Oh, <laughs> I my have goodness. rabies, and she's like, "Shane, you do not have." And and I would go stay with my dad, and my dad was a lot less like, you know, he 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 was helpful. He would sit. I would just cry. I was like, "Dad," I would go to my dad and be like, "Dad, you're gonna die one day," and I would just cry because I was like, "You're gonna," you know, that was sad to me, but. I didn't, so I would call my mom at like three in the morning from my dad's house and be like, no, I, "There's robbers, and I think someone's going to break in the house." I was just like a complete. I think I was you were just super smart. That that's sounds, what I think. That like, sounds my, very no, seriously. Like too. with my twins, I think that I think that, mm-hmm. and and here I am. Bri- I will brag about my kids all the time, but I think that people and kids who are really smart, really creative, mm-hmm. and they. You know, you're thinking through the realities and it gets to be too much for yeah. you when well, you think ask about him, even today, like I am very factual. I think about like mm-hmm. I'm very like rational and this is how this works and this is what you know, and but I've but it's like one day like a switch turned. I went from being scared of everything to like not scared of it. I I have I had I had been fed up with worrying mm-hmm. and being so just like on edge all the time that it's like one day I hit a maturity level and I was just like, I'm done. Well, and you get perspective. And also, you know, I grew up with my dad always telling me, because I worried about that kind of stuff, that you don't fight imaginary dragons. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about things that... You know, first of all, you can't control. Yeah, it sounds like That's the a title of a song. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> and secondly, um, you know, things that you can't control, and um, you know, things that are just completely out of your hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I, I think I do have an understanding of that now that there's not, a, and I think it's kind of brought me back to that place when I was a little kid because mm-hmm. having a daughter now, I worry a lot, and I don't worry about myself anymore. I worry about her, mm-hmm. and it's kind of brought me like this little hint of that feeling that I felt when I was a kid of of worry because. Like I said, I'll go to bed and I'll have nightmares of just, you know, something bad happening to my daughter, all kinds of weird. And I'm always, like I said, paranoid watching people and just mm-hmm. like because I'm, I'm a realist. I think about like what would happen if mm-hmm. she was taken. I would just be I don't know what I would do. I would just mm-hmm. be I think broken. that's a that's a parenting thing, too, mm-hmm. that you just and sometimes you do think worse possible scenario and it's just like yeah. i've never been so passionate about anything in my entire life mm-hmm. so like to have these feelings of passion for like making sure that she's safe Another human being is safe, and it's yeah. gonna be hard when i get to that point when she's like a teenager and and letting her just do things and not you know what i mean like and not worrying about it and knowing and and then you have to and, and i don't want to say like uh <clears throat> being like catastrophe type situations but that is as a parent that's where you go because i I know it's not it's a possibility in her best interest or mine to Mm -hmm. be that dad it's like i got my gun and like all (laughs) like that's not gonna help anybody i need to like i've i've decided that like i said earlier i'm gonna instill the information and let her make her own decisions Mm -hmm. to a certain extent obviously if she's just making a lot of (laughs) poor decisions then we're gonna have to 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 reassess (laughs) reassess. my dad really did my dad my dad parented like i said he was a single dad and he parented with a fear-based like it was like look men want one thing from you and this is what it is and so but like i said before that also made me go oh wait my value lies in sex Mm -hmm. my value lies in the fact that a man just wants to be with me physically he would never want to get to know me or 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 be interested in anything that i'm interested in and like being honest i'm 36 years old and i'm in therapy and i'm still trying to work Mm -hmm. through this and going like i can oh my gosh this is why every relationship i've ever been in has failed i can definitely like resonate with that a little bit because i spent resonate most, resi- 
Not resonate. Resonate. He loves to do this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he, he comes by it honestly. Hey, chick does the same thing to me. Don't worry. Okay. No regrets. Anyways, no regrets. <laughs> Not one. <laughs> I um. So when I was a kid, I I stayed with my mom. Like she had uh, full custody, and I and I would go see my dad's on the weekends. And I was definitely like a mama's boy, and, and kind of sensitive. I'm still very sensitive, but like, oh, we know. And then when I got to uh, high school. My mom moved to Florida because she kind of like, you know, I want to be, I want to move to Florida. Is that okay with you? Blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I started living with my dad and I almost became a different person because of like the kind of atmosphere that I was in. It was very similar to what you're explaining. Like and, character mirroring. And kind of yeah. just like shoot, straight shooting you, like telling you like, this mm-hmm. is what things are. And more mm-hmm. of like a blunt, like mm-hmm. very specific way of. And speaking from, and that's how it was, and that's how, kind of how I've tried. I've tried to tell my kids, like, I appreciate your opinion and I value what you're saying, but we're gonna speak from facts and not from emotions. Well, it's weird because, like, when I was, I had a, like, I was real emotional. I was mm-hmm. scared to fight everybody, and I was mm-hmm. hypochondriac. And then I feel like when I, like, when I moved in with my dad, and I was like 17, and he's just like, don't take shit from anybody ever. Yeah. And then I kind of like got that mindset, and, and I went from one extreme to the other. I was like right. this little like. And then I was like, I'll fight everybody. You, like, have, to, right. you have to have some balance. Yeah, yeah that's, so. like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So does that, that, yeah, exactly. Did that create balance in your life no, eventually? So, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, absolutely no. not. Well, well I, I spoke before you said eventually. Okay. Yeah. So when I was like, yeah, in my early tw- 19, 20, 20, I was like out just like, fuck with me i dare you like, <laughs> i am like, ready like I, yeah. I had been beat up and i'm like that's not that bad yeah, yeah. And then, you actually do realize that it's not that bad and when then, you actually yeah. do get beat up yeah and then it's i like, think okay five years ago when i met nicole who i'm with now she kind of first of all she's like that's not gonna fly you can't be going out to bars all the time getting in fights Just and ready yeah. i don't think that's attractive and if you're going to continue to do that i'm gone mm-hmm. so when i was like man i might lose her but then it gave me perspective like as thing as time went on i was like you got to find a happy medium where, like, kind of pick your battles in the sense of, like, don't take shit, but also, like, pick your battles and not right. every don't little... Don't invite inst- it. Not, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good way. Not every little shoulder bump or comment... Means that they're trying to fight. <laughs> I have to, like... Come at me, bro. Pummel that person. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I, eventually I found some... Some, some balance. Uh, yeah, yeah so, so as an... How old are you now? 28. You're 28. So you do... You feel like you have definitely gained... Uh, I slip life up, experience sure. and perspective from both parents yeah. and their style. Fine. Yeah, yeah. It, it took a while for it all to kind of come together, and I mm. definitely slip up on both. I can, I can one hundred percent. Some days I'm way too sensitive. And I let things get to me too much, mm-hmm. and then other days I'm way too anger, and I'm like popping off on everybody, and people are cutting in front of me, and I'm flipping them off, mm. and so I. But then I just kind of have to stop and be like, hey, like. You know, chill mm-hmm. out. It's not that big of a deal. Like I'll find myself ride, riding someone's ass because mm-hmm. he, and I'm just like, stop. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You're, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. So yeah. this brings up a question to me that I thought about coming driving here today. Are you married? I well, my my situation is very unique. Okay, I'm not. I'm not married, but um, uh, my children, my children and their their dad and I have been together since we were 16 and 17. Okay, um, we were married. We were divorced, and now we're 
we live in the same house. We cohabitate. We cohabitate. When our daughter was diagnosed, we realized like it benefits our entire family for us to be under the same household. Mm-hmm. When you have a child that mm-hmm. experiences that frequency well, of seizures and that honestly, situation. With, yeah. with any children, because yeah. I think that you have an opportunity, because I was thinking about this today. Um, you know, I think that a huge thing is for parents to be on the same page. Yeah. Whether they're in the same home right. or away yeah. from each other. Yeah. And I can say that because I have either always been a single parent mm-hmm. or always been in a different book mm-hmm. than a different page from yeah. the other parent. So not even on the same page, just not even the same book. Exactly. And I think one of us wasn't <laughs> reading a book. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So, I almost feel like what, what you're going to say is that I have an opportunity since we're both in the household mm-hmm. to to kind of give her a, even a, if you're in different households yeah, yeah. to like, talk about how you're going to parent. Mm-hmm. I think I think people, you know, myself included, you have kids without even really having that crucial conversation of what are we going to do with these people? Yeah. Well, we, What's our job? We definitely don't have the same guidelines and it's something that we definitely need to work on. She's has a very specific way that she likes it. We come from such different. Mm-hmm. She is like the yin to my yang. I swear, like I come from a family where we all just yell at each other when we're mad and blah, like, and I get loud and raise my voice and she comes with it from a family. So, that, but what, what's your response after that? Like you guys get loud and you get it out on the table and then it's forgiven. I'm almost like one of those people where I like, like really go off and mm-hmm. then 10 minutes later I'm he fine. And, he and I are and very then, but, similar because we've talked about this. But you like, forgive and forget and we move on. Very, yeah. very easily. Like okay, I, and I, so what's her, what's her approach? And she's very... Well, Just like Jen. And I don't, <laughs> and I, and I don't want to... Like she's Catholic for one and, and okay. that it comes with a very certain, like particular culture and she is a lot more religious than I am. And, and it could be based in guilt. And that has caused... Because I see, you know, I don't think it should be shoved down your throat and I don't mm-hmm. think you should be made to do this. But I also want to find that happy medium where Mm. like she's able like she was baptized catholic all that kind of stuff and they go to church on sundays when they can but she's her i i I hate to say this because i don't mean it in a mean way but their family is more a little like passive aggressive Passive, sure, sure, and and more like carry it around we talk like this and Mm -hmm. you're you know you're very you're not i'm like and just saying Mm -hmm. what they feel about you without actually saying it right i mean and i'll just go straight to my dad straight to my mom and say Mm -hmm. look this is you're pissing me off yeah And it's caused, like, I feel like she's being passive-aggressive with me sometimes, Mm -hmm. and I'm just straightforward, and she's, Mm -hmm. like, she's, like, like, she feels verbally... You know, attacked because yeah, she's she not attacked. used to that. Yeah. Like, like we, something really. Oh no, no, no! If we're feeling something, we're gonna shove it down into our guts and let it manifest as like an ulcer and, later and, in life. And almost yeah. neither are healthy. Me yelling no. at her yeah. is not healthy, and her letting her right. feelings yeah. stay in. You know, that's not healthy. So I have, I have had mm. to work on not cussing as a big thing because I have a daughter, and when I get mad, I'm like, fucking, doesn't, you know. Yeah, because then you have like. 12 and 14 year olds at cuss. Yeah, I'm over that. As I long as they use it in the right context. Exactly. That's I'm what good. I said. We, we don't when, use it wrong. When they were very, <laughs> when they were very little, we called them house words. Mm-hmm. If you are so moved that you feel like you need to curse, then you curse. Mm-hmm. Well, she'll go. But I know that if you curse in front of like your aunt or somebody that yeah. you know you shouldn't curse in front of, you're going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, my, my daughter will go. She does two things. She'll go straight to my to Nicole and go, Daddy said shit. <laughs> like, just like that. And then the other thing she'll do is, like, when it's just me and her, I'll be like, God damn. She's like, Daddy, what did you say? What did you say, Daddy? Like, she'll just, like, like want me to... Hey, like, buddy, what'd you say? She yeah. caught me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like... You need a swear jar. 
Yep. Yeah, it's really hard for me because I'm just like a passionate, like mm-hmm. I'm very like, oh, like oh. But, but you don't want to also teach them like the connotation of words are like that's subjective. In my opinion, that's subjective. But you also have respect for like we talked about earlier. You have respect for the people around you, for your sure. audience. Yeah. And if you like, you know, like your Aunt Karen, who is a God fearing woman and we love her and whether or not we believe in praying in Jesus or whatever, she prays for you. Yeah. Have respect for that yeah, and right. don't cross that line. I didn't. I didn't cussed in front of you until i was like 20 Ever. years old really? i didn't curse and in front of my father still either. looks at me when i curse <laughs> like oh and like he's a little disappointed so, in me well, yeah. no, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just it's my natural like my natural vocabulary i don't curse a lot because people have come on the show and been like is it okay to like cuss because yeah. i don't hear you guys do that very often it's like i just don't i don't use that way to describe what i'm th- feeling like, i've been told i cuss too much on the uh, podcast me too. but i, oh, I, don't, I don't care do whatever you want to do it's your podcast i don't care if you've cussed too much or it cuss too little uh, i mean i definitely i think we had that conversation at one point like mm. i didn't want to just come on here and start yeah dropping f-bombs yeah. left and right yeah, it's weird because even like but i feel like people know and they don't give you the credit because i've not been invited on like i said like on am fm radio like mm. people have been like hey i've listened to your podcast can you not talk like that and i was like Actually, yeah, I'm an adult, and I know yeah, when easy. not to and when to. <laughs> well, playing to, yeah. I, I understand yeah. my I audience. We yeah. had CT on, and I feel like I've cussed in front of you, which I've even felt kind of weird about because, you know. Because <laughs> it's my mom. Because I don't, I don't, I'm trying to be, like, cautious of, you know, like, you know, people, the people that are the around audience. me. So when CT came on, um, his mom, he said, my mom's going to be listening, and I don't think I cussed. The entire time. The entire time, because I wanted her to be able to listen to it without having to. Being feeling offended. uncomfortable. And, and, and this yeah. is our podcast, but yeah. I felt enough respect for her to do that, because I can. I, it's easy for me to not cuss Who's if I have CT? to. He's, He's an arena football player. Um, he came on, and we kind of talked. You guys know a lot of people with initial names. Yeah, That's why I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to follow. And then we have and then we have AP and BJ. BJ. Yeah. <laughs> and we he talked conspiracies, um, intermittent fasting, and, oh. and arena football. So awesome. Our, it was it was football. a fun episode. That sounds fun. It's, it's that one, one of those things that's interesting about the podcast game because you'll do an episode and think, man, that was freaking awesome, and then yeah. nobody will download it because <laughs> because uh, CT's episode was one of my favorite that we've ever done. Yeah, felt and, good, and it was like. Real, real love. Your but it's, favorites it's, will never be the audience exactly. favorites. Yeah. Well, and it's hard, I think, because a lot of my friends will download your podcast mm-hmm. and listen to it, and it's so different from episode to episode. Yeah. And so yeah, people will listen to maybe one mm-hmm. and think, eh, I've got, I do have a couple of friends yeah. that my friend who's an MMA fighter, That's who's cool. one of the vendors that I work with. And he, he keeps listening. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's like, ah, the first one I listened to didn't, you know, yeah. and well, we, we kind of talked and laughed um, about it. MMA fighter on right. here and then jujitsu. And we yeah. talked to a lot of different, uh, but that's for, what I love about you had Chris Lytle on yet. No, I want right. to, mm-hmm. if you, if you can, we, Give him a shout. We're neighbors. Let me know. Yeah, we're neighbors. Because I've I've he, he interacted get, he with him. Goes to this. I've I've interacted with him through Twitter. So like he, mm-hmm. I think he's just busy. So like, sure. you know, he ghosted you. <laughs> he did. He, I think <laughs> he did. I wouldn't say he ghosted us. He just we we planned for a date and then. I texted it or messaged him on Twitter, like kind of leading up to it. And he's like, oh, I can't do it that day. And he goes, you're rationalizing. No, I'm I'm just trying to be nice because I would like him to to come on. Tell him, mom. I I would just like him to come on. I'm a a nice guy. Okay. But um, things your mother can say that other people can't say. I'm really pretty and I'm really nice. (laughs) Shut up. 
Um, but no, I, I, I have really enjoyed this episode. This is one of my favorites. I hope people listen to it because I think there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, I didn't even like touch a lot of the questions that I'd written out because we ended up going over them anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think there's uh, a lot of people out there that it went really well would like to talk about parenting, and yeah. that's not something that we usually touch on. So there's a, there's a, oh, I think you should do it again. I, I think see you should Facebook too. posts all the time of people are that reaching. Are like, oh yeah. my god, yeah. please help! Yeah. I can't do this another I'm gonna, day. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, man. I thought we were gonna come on here and you're gonna be like. Like, surprise we're pregnant uh, <laughs> like, I, I really thought that's what no, was gonna I, happen I, that would be good uh, <laughs> i write that down <laughs> um, no we, we are in the like it's just weird that whole situation too because her Jen's grandma came People to us and, and was like is like well you're not doing it right and I'm like <laughs> Old people are the worst when it yeah. comes this to stuff like this. This is the most uncomfortable yeah. thing, like especially when people are like, "So are you trying to have kids like they're they're like family?" And once again, you guys know, like I'm I'm kind of uncomfortable about things like sex <laughs> we were and things like ago. that. I and, actually just learned that, but and, yes, I'm seeing and, it now. In yeah. like personal interaction, and then so when somebody's like, "So are you guys trying to have kids yet?" It's like, "So are, am, are you trying to bang my knees or what? Like, are you gonna be getting it on?" Or and I'm well, like, "This is not the same." But just leave me alone ever, about it. Ever yeah. since I got engaged or whatever, people just are always asking me, like, "Did you set a date? Did you do?" And I'm just like, "The summer." Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I just don't like, you know, that was I. I enjoy that we're more committed now, mm-hmm. and we, and she has a ring and all that stuff. But the part about just people at work always like, when do you get, when are you doing it? Have you guys um, started planning? Have you done this? And I was like, actually, and I'll just, I'm super honest. I'm like, we haven't done anything. Both of us have done zero. We don't. It's just small talk opportunity. Yeah. I think and it people is. Like get people get Yeah, exactly. People love talking about weddings. It's a happy time. And I think you're right. Like, it's just like, it's a talking point. And like I, for you, it's very personal, but for them, they're and just And I've gotten like, a lot hey. of shit before I, because I um, don't call her my fiance. I just say my girlfriend because it just begs. It's Does not fiance for, weird to you. It I is feel very like it weird. is. I don't like. And I've my never. Fiance. Well, she's going to be my girlfriend, is, yeah. and then she's going to be my wife. There's yeah. no in between. There and, is no in between because you're almost thirty years old, and we don't have to say those things. <laughs> exactly, and all it I does agree. is beg questions. Like yeah, I don't like, want to oh, answer these. Wait, da- so I'm like my girlfriend. Like why are you calling your girlfriend? Because I don't want. As soon as I say fiance in a room full of people, they're like, oh, when are you guys doing this? When are you doing yeah. that? And I, I remember we were we had a comedian on a long time. <laughs> okay, you guys might remember this. Do you remember uh, the? Um, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch yep. show. Yeah. Okay, so we had it wasn't it was um the cat. no, it was not the cat. <laughs> it was Actually, it was not the, the uh, one of the ladies, right? The older one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She like she didn't have a fiance and she didn't have a boyfriend, but she was like, but we're like he's more than my boyfriend and we're not engaged to be married, so she always was like my lover. lover. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> that I was like, did she say that lover? Automatically makes me think that they have really good sex. Yeah, I know. I was like, girl, you're creepy. Like, you get yeah. down. Like, yeah. you're, yeah. Like, I didn't know, but I was like, there really needs to be a better word for this. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and she, and it's, she's totally fine with me not calling her. Yeah. Right, and she doesn't, call, I mean, she wears the ring and that's what we do. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. a whole thing. But yeah. it just and gets a little tired. You can call her your betrothed. Yeah, yeah betrothed. That's another one. <laughs> I've heard that before. That sounds exhausting. And I love, I love Jen's family. Like, I, I, as soon as we met, like, I was like, they're, they're my people. Like, I, I get them. I like, I love them. And, but they are very, like, that is, like, 
family is very important to them. And I know family is very important to us as well. But like, I feel like we have a little bit more of a, like a distance between each other. We don't talk about stuff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, but you don't love each other any less. No. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I, you and I talk, that, that's what I'm trying to get at is that's why like that, that conversation happens a lot more with them than it does with like my family because they are so close. They're very close. And that's what it kind of like, I loved it when I got kind of in, indoctrinated into the family because I was like, Oh yeah. Like, oh, but you know what? We're super close, but the difference is, is there are a lot of men in her family Yes, and there are a lot of women in our yes. family. So we're super tight, but I think you don't get that feeling because yeah. it's all it's ladies. Aunt, it's aunt, it's aunt everybody. Yes. Aunt, aunt everybody. <laughs> because we have all kind. Of, we have a lot of aunts. That's so funny. But, um, we're getting to the point that I think Shane's getting ready. He's need, needing to go. I know you're you're not worried about time, but I'm just trying to make sure everybody else is good on their yeah, time. Sure. And uh, we're at you know an hour and thirty, and it just kind of flew by. I love it, and it was a it was a great episode. Um, the so once again, blonde on brunette. Yeah, blonde on brunette is on. Is, uh, yeah, is blonde on brunette is strictly a YouTube channel, and you know just search us on all social media, and then. Um, the not terrible podcast with Jess Hooker is me by myself. Yes. And um, Caitlin has some private projects that she's doing. Mm-hmm. She does Collective Flaws that is a YouTube channel. Oh, nice. Yeah, so she's got I some stuff going on. I saw her post that. I need to look that up. Yeah, Collective Flaws is, is uh, it, it's a it's a it's a very positive, uplifting um, just like touching on ways that we can all be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's yeah, she's doing that. So we have projects together, we have projects apart and, you know, super supportive mm-hmm. and we're obviously different, you know. She's 24 and I'm 36, yeah. and it's just we all have something to bring to the table. And so that's check what us I out. thought yeah. was so great about this episode was just there's just a lot of different experience right here, yeah. like mm-hmm. and just it's just it's awesome. And and I don't want to like throw you under the bus saying that we're quitting because you have to go. <laughs> by the way, I, I just I, want, I just want you to know that Shane, I have to go too. It, it was mainly like it. it was mainly I just thought people needed to either no. go to the bathroom, grab another beer, that's or actually something like that. yeah, like I need another Budweiser. Yeah, and, uh, I need another Bloody Mary. I genuinely didn't think. <laughs> So, um, but anyways, like I said, this is a great episode. I hope everybody enjoys it. Um, Shane usually takes us out with our, uh, yeah. our slogan. We hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and hopefully the juice is worth the squeeze. And then we're going out to DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Parents just don't understand. Oh, I love it. Don't want to, I can live with that, but you gotta put back the double knit reversible slacks.
together to bleed. The first day of school came, I thought I could get over. I tried to play sick, but my mom said, no, no way, uh-uh, forget it, there was nothing I could do. I tried to relax, I got dressed up in those ancient artifacts. And when I walked into school, it was just as I thought. The kids were cracking up, laughing at the clothes mom bought. And those who weren't laughing still had a ball, because they were pointing and whispering as I walked down the hall. I got home and told my mom how my day went. She said, if they were laughing, you don't need them, because they're not good friends. For the next six hours, I tried to explain to my mom that I was going to have to go through this about 200 more times. So to you other kids all across the land, no need to argue, parents just don't understand. Okay, here's the situation. My parents went away on a week's vacation and they left the keys to the brand new porch. They mind? Mm, well, of course not. I'll just take it for a little spin and maybe show it off to a couple of friends. I'll just cruise it around the neighborhood. Of course I should. Pay attention, here's the thick of the plot. I pulled up to the corner at the end of my block. And that's when I saw this beautiful girly girl walking. I picked up my car phone to perpetrate like I was talking. Should have seen this girl's bodily dimensions. I honked my horn just to get her attention. She said, was that for me? I said, yeah. She said, why? I said, come on and take a ride with me. 